Hey, Sales of Nation, it's your host, Tyler Lindley. Today, I have Jill Fradian on the podcast. Hey, Jill, how you doing? Doing great, Tyler. Fantastic. So excited to finally have you on. We finally got connected. And Jill is a channel account manager at HubSpot, HubSpot Veteran. Today, we're going to be talking about resilient sales teams, balance in sales, parenting in sales, all of these things. Sales reps have lives, especially those that have kids like me and you do. And I want to chat a little bit about that. What does that look like? What does balance look like in a sales role? Because it can be so hard. Yeah, a lot of self-forgiveness. That's all <laughs> mm. I'll say. The top performer in any profession, but specifically sales, we all are wired a little bit differently for perfection. And high standards are the norm. And if you don't high standards, have high standards, your sales manager will set it for you. <laughs> or your CEO. Yep. Always high standards for sales. Yep. And sometimes those high standards can be to your detriment as your career progresses. And you have to learn that perfection sometimes is just getting through. Yeah, that's so important. When you talk about high standards, are you talking about quotas? Are you talking about just the standards that are set either intrinsically or like you said, by your manager or by your CEO? What do you mean by high standards in a sales role? Gosh, high standards are set by everyone. So mm. there are your personal standards and then there's the need to compare yourself to others. And then it's reinforced by dashboards every five minutes that you should be <laughs> comparing yourself to others at all times. And if you're not, they'll send it again to make sure that you are. There's your own self-standards, which can be your worst detriment, quite frankly. Then there's your CEO, then there's your sales manager, then there's the colleagues around you, then there's your ego. The typical salesperson, especially early in your career, it feels really good to be known as the top rep. Mm. It feels it really feels good to be at the top really of that dashboard, good. doesn't it? Oh man, it's you validation. are riding high. Yeah. It's validation. You are Superman, Superwoman. Yep. You make it rain. You're the most valuable. You're the MVP. So what happens when life hits or someone dies mm. or you have a child or you're going through a divorce? Name the things that adults have to manage and you're thrown off your game and you're at the bottom. That's where resilience comes in. Yep. I'm a huge Rocky Balboa fan. <laughs> huge. Are you? Interesting. Yeah, huge. I quote him on my website. So why are you a huge Rocky Balboa fan? It's not about how many times you win. It is how many times you get back up mm. and get knocked down. Tom Brady has lost more Super Bowls than he's won or championship games that led to a Super Bowl. He's played more seasons that he's not gotten to win a Super Bowl. But what does he do day after? Gets right the heck back up and goes right back in the gym. Bill Belichick, we're on to Cincinnati. We're going. We're not stopping just because we lost. Right. That's resilience. And he can't get enough of it, too. It's almost you have oh. to love it. You're talking about these folks. They love the chase, the competition, the game, the sport, all of that. You have to love sales. You have to love sales. Is it hard to love sales, though, Jill? Sometimes I feel like it's hard to love sales. I don't love sales. I can truly say... I love helping people mm. solve big problems. I am addicted to that. I am addicted to the feeling when someone says to me on a call, Jill, I just appreciate your candor today. Mm -hmm. Thank you for being real with me. Thank you for helping me. Mm. And sometimes those are the deals that quote unquote, don't buy. <laughs> I've got referrals on my LinkedIn page from a couple of people who never bought from me. 
Why do you think that they gave you a referral even though they didn't buy? Because I was real with them. Yep. I'm not here to put people in a position that's not good for themselves. And today's salesperson is a person who is helpful because anyone can shop you out on the internet. By the time they get to you, they know they're going to be talking to someone who's going to ask them for an order. And they want to know what's behind all of the marketing jargon. Where are the gotchas? Where is this project going to go sideways? Where did I forget to ask the right question and an integration doesn't work? Yep. Because the salesperson didn't disclose, oh, well, that's in beta or that's mm. coming later or no, you're going to want that. We know the other guys do it better, but I'm just not going to tell you. Mm. Yeah. yeah. People want to avoid that. I want to be the person that helps them open their eyes and do the right thing. And sometimes, Tyler, I don't get the deal. But it's not always about getting the deal. No, it's not about always. It can't. You've been bringing up candor, helping people, being selfless. Doing the right thing. Being able to sleep with yourself at night. Exactly. Being good to your fellow colleagues. Which goes counter to how some people, I think, envision sales, which is this dog-eat-dog world to win at all costs, do whatever it takes, work harder, work longer, just work more, just do more, do better. It works. That can work for a short period of time. Right. Right. <laughs> when we're talking about the longevity of a sales career, that is a very short-lived existence. And if it isn't a short-lived existence, it'll be a short-lived existence at wherever you work. Eventually, you're going to burn out or they're going to find out that you're flawed if your company has any form of culture and you're going to get fired. And you can go try and go do it again somewhere else. But it's a short-lived... My 13 years at HubSpot, I'm pretty darn proud of. 13 years in selling at the same tech company is something that doesn't really happen a lot. No, it's damn impressive. It doesn't happen a lot. And you know what, Tyler? I haven't always been number one. I've had some bad years. It's interesting to say bad years, not just bad months. We all have bad weeks, bad months. You said bad years. How have you pushed through that though? This is the self-forgiveness. A bad year for mm. me is 80%. High standards. <laughs> yeah, high standards. This is a problem. I had to get to a point. I literally had to have a mantra to myself that 80% was okay mm. so that I didn't self-destruct mentally. Yep. That's resilience. The winning is in the comeback. It's not the setback. And I can't describe it, Tyler, in any other form other than experience. Mm -hmm. A sales career is riddled with ups and downs and sides and lefts. And if anyone says that it's not, they're lying. That's not true. Any successful person, and it doesn't have to be money, Tyler. I don't yep. care what it is. They're going to tell you at some point they fell right on their face and they got right the heck back up and they went back at it. And that is resilience. And in the consistency of not giving up, that is the key. When I became a mom, I've taken all of my HubSpot winnings, lived very humbly mm -hmm. and invested it in real estate. Mm. 15 years later, we woke up to a nice little empire nest egg there where all of that has gone. I just, I look at this life. It's so much of it is just keep going. Mm -hmm. You have to just keep going. You just have one child? Yes. Where I was going with yeah. that, because I lost my train of thought, because you know what? I'm a mom and mom brain is real. <laughs> Don't get me started on that. Tell us about you're in sales. You've got these high standards. Now you're a mom. You're throwing another yes. huge responsibility into the mix. Yeah. And that was the wrench, Tyler. That was the thing that brought me to my knees. 
being a mother and trying to balance and being a new mom, everything. Yeah, else. that yeah. was it. I could manage multiple contractors and yep. real estate contracts and still be number one at sales or number two or whatever that number yep. one was. There's so many sales reps at HubSpot, whatever. <laughs> top, top of the game. When I was a mom, I was so driven that the year that I got pregnant, I was literally four or five deals away from what we call it HubSpot Founders Club. Mm-hmm. And this is something that at the time, one other person had gotten ever. Mm. And I was there heading into Q4 when I had to give birth. And I remember sitting at my desk crying. I was like, oh my God, this is the first time in my life I'm giving up something for my career, for Mm. motherhood. How am I going to do it? There was a huge commission check that I was just, it's going away. Mm. And that baby came and everyone told me, and I didn't care. I didn't care. My whole world became, how do I keep this little thing alive? And when it was time to come back into the office, I couldn't believe it. I didn't want to go. Mm. I just wanted to make sure that my child was breathing. Anyone who has a new Mm -hmm. baby, you'll understand. You stare at them to breathe. When someone told me when I would go out on maternity leave that I wouldn't have time to take a shower, I'm like, do you know who I am? Do you know how much I manage? (laughs) Yeah. And I didn't even have time to take a shower. It sounds like that was a a difficult transition for you because you're used to being having that flexibility to be at the top of the boards. And now you've got this huge responsibility. In addition to all the other things you're trying to balance, but this is a different type of responsibility. I know there's a lot of folks out there that are in sales and are parents and they try to find this balance. But those first few years, it's a tough transition. It's a very tough transition. Let's not sugarcoat it. It's not easy. No, no. And you know what? No one talks about it. And you know what happens? A parent quits. You think that most parents end up quitting sales because someone quits, someone quits. The mom quits, the dad quits, mom, moms, dad, dads, whatever the parent is. Sometimes they just exit stage right. And I'll never forget before I went on a maternity leave, I was like, oh, you just put the kid in daycare to be fine. Mm -hmm. Went and shopped daycare. She came a quarter of my paycheck went to a personal nanny. So the child would be home. I didn't care what it cost. I wanted her home with me and I paid for it. Yep. Almost quarter to half of my paycheck went to childcare mm. and I didn't care. And these are things of before I was a parent, you don't know until you know, yep. and no one walks you through it. I read Cheryl Sandberg's Lean In, which I'm really grateful I did before I got married. You read that right before you had your daughter? Right before we had a kid. And yes. Or before we got married, because we got married deciding that we wanted to start a family. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole nother story, but... <laughs> not to bring God up on that. You learn very quickly that you don't have a lot of control control in these things. Oh, I want to have a kid now. Yeah. That doesn't mean you're going to have one, but that's a whole nother thing. And then you got to deal with your work life while you're dealing with all of that. That's a whole nother situation that no one talks about at work. Why do you think people don't talk about these things at work? We're talking about it here together. And some folks will probably listen I talk to this, about it at work, but you're in the minority talking about these very things. minority. You're in the minority because a lot of people I think are very scared, especially in a sales culture, which is of course. performance driven and show up and I'm here and I'm pushing hard and it's end of month and doing this. I'm doing that. I'm hitting quota, top of the dashboard, but there's life outside of that. There's life outside of that dashboard. A lot of times I think that we're nervous to bring up some Very of these nervous. things because it feels like we're not all in. It feels like we're not, not wearing the team God colors. forbid, yeah. <laughs> God forbid your manager thinks your eye isn't on the prize and it's terrifying. And you at get, all times, at all costs. <laughs> and if you get the wrong manager, you're right. 
This is why the sales manager role is so important because I think a lot of sales reps, their experience at their company lives and dies by who they report to. It's not the VP, the director, the CEO. It's your manager. It's your manager. The relationship between your sales manager and the sales rep is one that can nurture and be comforting and be there through the good and the bad and help to really enable. Or they are your mental detriment. Yes. Or they can be the exact opposite. And in that case, that balance that we're talking about, it becomes very difficult because they have probably different expectations than you and you're trying to make it work. And it's just hard. I will give and forever give. He's going to blush for the rest of his life. I worked with Brian Brise when I was a new mom. He was my sales manager and I will forever give him credit for allowing me to stay in sales. Mm. because I could be open with him. We spent time redoing my calendar Mm -hmm. to make sure that I had enough office hours. When I was winning, Tyler, fun fact too, I'm openly talk about now that I'm adult, Mm -hmm. highly dyslexic. I didn't find this out until I was an adult. Really? I won my whole life between being concert violist, principal of the orchestra, Mm -hmm. full ride, full tuition scholarships to music school because I outworked everyone. (laughs) It was harder for me than everybody else. Yeah. I had to outwork everybody. And that's what I did in sales. I outworked everyone. I worked on Saturdays. I worked on Sundays. So that's how you won and stayed on top is you just, you outworked everybody. Outworked, 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 extra hour, extra hour, extra focus, extra focus, extra focus. Cue motherhood. I didn't have those hours anymore. No, the hours are gone. What happened to my sales? Did it take a nosedive because you couldn't run? For a while, it was great. For a while, my adrenaline was able to maintain. Mm. When my daughter hit six months old, then it was like, oh my God, I'm, I hit the exhaustion. Exactly. Because button. there's only so many hours in the day and you- There's only so many hours. You have to sleep at some point. You, you have, have to, to sleep. You have you to have take to a take shower. You have to carry a child. You have to take a shower. <laughs> <laughs> at least on Zoom, no one knows. <laughs> when you're getting on a Zoom meeting, when the video is being recorded- you take a shower. So. <laughs> take a shower. They can smell you through exactly. the Exactly. <laughs> everybody can smell through Zoom. Doesn't everybody know this? It's interesting. Brian hired me. We worked together on the same team, and I felt the same way. I was a parent, and I felt like Brian did a good job of incorporating everything that he knew that I was managing. Everything that was you. Yes, exactly. Which was my kids. And for you, it's your daughter. Our kids are us. They become a huge part of your life. And either as a manager, you accept that and you incorporate that into the way in which you're treating that frontline sales rep. Or if you don't and just ignore it and expect them to just pick it up and figure it out, it becomes this toxic relationship. Toxic. It becomes hard. And I agree. It's like that level of empathy, I would call it. I think that he had a very strong, high EQ and high empathy. Yes, high empathy. Yeah, that's what you want out of a sales manager. And you can trust him to give you a kick if you need it. Oh yeah, plenty of times. And that is empathy. Right. That is being kind. That is calling out your blind spots if you need help. But there was a level of trust. Trust is the word. Trust that this person has your back. They get you as a human being. They understand your personal goals. And they also know you want to win. You're not in it because you don't want to win. Who goes into sales because they don't want to win? (laughs) Who goes into sales not wanting sales bonuses? If you don't want to win and you're in sales, you probably are in the wrong career. 
Go into customer service. Like it ain't for you. The paycheck, some of it has to (laughs) excite you a little. Yeah, exactly. Or you run the other way. Exactly. I'm not going to live with a quota. (laughs) 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 Why would I do that? I think it's important though, for those reps out there, you've got to develop that trust with your manager. And for those managers out there, you've got to develop the trust with the reps. It's a two-way relationship. And like we said, I think that relationship becomes extremely important if folks are going to find this level of balance, self-forgiveness and empathy and resilience to maintain a sales career. Like you said, you can fake it for a few months. You can fake it for a few years maybe, but eventually that catches up with you. It just eventually the candle, the light, The flame just dissolves. And then you go from the top of the leaderboard to the middle, to the bottom, and then... And then you have yourself a midlife crisis. Well, then imposter syndrome kicks in and you're just starting to question everything. There we go. I'm a loser. Then negative. And then everything I ever thought was true. And I am the worst. They're right. They should get rid of me. All of that stuff. It's terrible. That's so sad because so many smart talented, great professional sales reps have that doubt when they start to try to balance these other things, kids being one of them. But like you said, there's other life events, someone dying. Yeah. Someone dying in the family, things changing with their personal situation, just priorities shifting. Their significant other. Yeah. There's a move. There's a sick parent. Mm, Yep. Cue COVID. Yep. There's so many things that people have to deal with. And the resilience is you have to take the time to grieve. Cheryl Sandler will not write about grief or it will destroy you in your personal life and your career. And you have to give your employees space. To do if that. you hear yeah. someone died, your job as a sales manager to go shut down the computer. Right. I want you out of here. Yep. I don't want you talking to your partners or your customers this week. I know you're going to be off not allowing them to come back to work unless they tell you, I need to work. I need something so that I can get this off my mind. Even if they say that, I still think there should be- Shut it down. There should be a level of, maybe they say that, but we should keep close tabs on the situation. Again, it comes back to that level of trust where I think you have to have open and honest dialogue. And I think that's what's missing a lot of time in sales cultures is that there's not a lot of open there's and honest dialogue. There's not a dialogue. lot of trust. Because there's no trust, we have to build a foundation of trust in our sales organizations that everyone feels like they can come to you when these situations happen. There will be a level of empathy. And it's not an excuse. No, it's right? not And the an worst excuse. thing a manager yeah. can tell you is that you're giving excuses yeah when you actually vulnerably like something happened i was thrown off my game and then for them to tell you it's just excuses Mm. it's just oh my gosh that's just a sign of the culture because at the end of the day that's what we're talking about we're talking about culture on a sales floor and within a sales organization and then there's also that intrinsic kind of culture as well when you're talking about those high standards that self-forgiveness the resilience there's got to be both and you want to try to find that sales organization that fosters you to be all of those things fosters you to give yourself that self-forgiveness to be okay with 80 percent when life dictates 80 percent is as good as you can do right now not the best year but you know what we're going to do we're going to get back on the horse we're going to do it again exactly because the worst you could do is hit 60 70 80 percent put someone on a pip and lose them because you just had short-sighted. They're not performing. Because someone died. Right, they've lost it. They've lost their edge. And it's like, 
factor in the situation. Did they lose their edge? Think about the cost of replacing that person. So instead of take a top, these are the things that blow my mind. I get very passionate about this. (laughs) You take someone who's been a top producer for, let's say, five years. This person has proved themselves. Let's say even three years. This person's proved themselves. They're a new parent. Someone dies. Divorce. I don't know. There's so many personal things. Sick parent, whatever. And you just see a decline. And you know something personal is going on. Why is it our culture just to fire them? Yep. Why isn't it? You know what? Take two months. Take some time. Come back, be better. Instead of going out and spending $100,000 on a recruiter and a new person and then training them for six months and all of this stuff. And then not even knowing if that new person is going to be any good. Is going to be any good. Give me the person who's been through it. And comes back. Exactly. That's shown the ability to come back from losses, from being down. Because that sales rep is actually going to long-term way outperform and have the, like you said, the resilience. They will be the most loyal employee you've ever had, ever. You're a prime example of this. This is why you're still at HubSpot. I'm still here. I've had great managers. You're in the game. I'm still here. You're still on the dashboards. That's right. I know we could go on. We're going to have to do a part two, I think. But Jill, great conversation. If folks want to find out more about you online, how can they do so? JillFratiani.com. I'm also on Instagram and TikTok at JillyFrat. I'm (laughs) always only called Jill when I'm in trouble. When people know me, I don't know why. They just start calling me Jilly. I don't know if it's just part of my personality or what. Yeah. And then also LinkedIn. I do live on social media. Perfect. So I'm, I'm easy to find. Awesome. We'll link to all those in the show notes and then we'll do a part two at some other point to continue the conversation. Best of luck balancing everything. Wish you well. Hope to see you soon. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. You can find all the links discussed and the show notes at thesaleslift.com. That's the, T-H-E, sales, S-A-L-E-S, lift, L-I-F-T, dot com. Have questions for me? Email me at tyler at thesaleslift.com. We look forward to seeing you back here next week. And we hope today's show brings you the sales lift your business needs. Remember, ideas plus action equals results. You've got new ideas. Now it's time to take action and the results will follow. See you next time.